Hey, I'm Allison, host of Fine Cut, a podcast where a guest brings a scene they have strong feelings about, love, hate, curiosity, from any form of media. And then we discuss the heck out of it for 20 minutes. It's a blast. Join us. Hi, welcome to Fine Cut. I'm Allison, and today my friend Kim Rowe is joining me, and I'm very excited about this conversation. Kim, what scene did we pick and why? Well, I know we want to talk about Fleischman is in trouble, and um, I think you and I both felt like the big reveal at the end and it's okay to give spoilers right yeah there are going to be spoilers everyone because the <laughs> the scene we're talking about is in episode seven correct yeah. okay yeah thank you for that yes yeah yeah i think the you know the big reveal at the end that i think we can both agree kind of comes too late and slow <laughs> is when you get the other side of the story which is the you know, the woman's side of the story. And, um, and I think we were both, you weren't surprised because <laughs> of course I've read, read the, the book. book. Yeah. Right. Right. But I was totally surprised and the payoff was worth it for me, even though I definitely think it was, it took too long to get there. Um, so is that yes, enough? And- why? <laughs> sure. Well, briefly, well, you didn't say what scene, but the show and the book Fleischman is in trouble is about a divorce. A lot of people have compared it to kind of like an update of Kramer versus Kramer, which is an old movie, but about a divorce with both sides. And the first six episodes are very much about the husband, Toby Fleischman. And then in the seventh episode, we turn our lens toward um, Rachel and the scene that we chose or are choosing is her birth scene. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So why do we pick that one specifically? Well, I think it's really interesting because I've, I mean, there's sexual trauma. There's so many layers of what women have to deal with. But this morning I was actually thinking about, I've talked to you a lot about this and I have a a husband and partner that's incredibly involved in all aspects of our life as do you and on the surface Toby is as well Mm -hmm. but it was I've been I've still been thinking a lot about invisible labor and it was so interesting because that term literally applies here (laughs) even though he's in the room you know she's in labor she's giving birth she is sexually assaulted by her doctor so there's just so many layers about how women are treated by the medical system in mm. and out of scenarios around birth and motherhood um how for part of it toby's in the room and still doesn't even know what's happened part of it he's not in the room but isn't clued in at all when she can't you know talk about it or articulate it and so it was just such an aha for me about how much of her story was invisible to everyone around her, including herself, but it was eating at her. Mm -hmm. Um, That's so well put. It is invisible to her. And I think part of this, the scene really, I mean, even thinking about it makes me flinch. Like I have a visceral reaction to it because in the scene, and we've seen it from his perspective earlier. He steps out of the room and when he comes back, she's screaming to she's get her hysterical. Yes, to get her OBGYN <laughs> right. away from her. And 
he's defensive of her, but he he is definitely of the school of well, we have the baby, get over it. Like he doesn't right. he doesn't not he does not interrogate why she felt this way. You know, in fact, he later says she just can't stop talking about it. She can't stop talking about and when he said that in his point of view, I was like, motherfucker. Because I knew something. Anything you can't stop talking about. Right. Right. Anything you can't stop talking about, there's a reason why, right? Right. It's not to annoy someone. That's not why we stop can't stop talking about things. It's because we don't feel heard. Um, and so I thought the show did a great job of that. And so then when the thing happened, you know, I am like clenched when the scene starts because I know (laughs) something's gonna go down. And what happens is she's laboring and the doctor um, examines her, you know, like a vaginal exam and decides to break her water without her consent. Um, and Drips he, her membranes very painfully. Yes. With like a instrument. And um, as a person who had my placenta uh, broken, it was very much a conversation about, all right, do you want to do this? You know, and, and so I didn't feel violated by the procedure and it was not done with an instrument. And um, this happens to a lot of birthing people, this very thing. And um, just the whole, I just like, it's hard to articulate, which is part of the reason it's so powerful because it's something that happens, but how do you describe it to somebody? And, and she can't. That's part of the reason she has such a hard time is because she doesn't have the language to describe what, what she's been through because any words that she might use, I think feel inadequate, which they often do in situations like these. She's already been negated in the past when she shared other things with Toby. So there's that history of like other sexual, you know, um, harassment, things like that. So there's already this knowing that there is a gap in understanding. Um, and, and I remember, I mean, it's, we're much further along, but I remember first talking about some of my feelings around my rape with my husband. And he is so tuned into me and such a sensitive person, but just not, you know, it took me being able to articulate my point of view for him to understand it because he's just never been a woman. (laughs) And I think the, you know, women get such a wrap around pregnancy, birth, motherhood of being controlling or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is. And that they need to trust other people. Yeah. That that kind of we're uh, too much. Right. And like, you need to trust the experts. And Mm. it's like, the thing is, is that you are out of control (laughs) everything does happen. So meaning everything is happening to you, but not in a way that you choose it necessarily, right? Like you really are surrendering and it all can happen so fast that you don't have time to process sometimes. And sometimes it's just the speed that you need to get caught up with. Right. But the idea of things being done to you, to your body, and then the speed at which they happen is trauma in and of itself. And then you layer on all the other layers. It's, it's a lot. It's one scene that just encapsulates so much, I think. Yeah. It was so emotionally affecting. And I think 
to sort of what you were saying, I think it's Resma Manakam who says trauma is, or maybe it's somebody else. Trauma is when too much happens too fast. And that's, that's yeah. what trauma is when we don't, we aren't able to process it. And obviously that's happening in the scene. And I think it does happen so often in a birth situation. Um, and yeah, that whole idea of deferring to experts about your own body is very damaging. Yeah. yeah. Because nobody, I mean, even in that scenario, like, I don't know, like it's still your experience and it's being taken from you. And you can also see how the people in the room, because they're not having that experience, things do feel slower for them. They, mm. or there is a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to have these conversations to understand that when you're the one that that's happening to time works differently you might need things repeated to really understand them. Like it's everything is just, it's you're very much having different experiences. And did you when agreed? And when you were watching the scene, did you think, Oh, I wish she'd had a doula because that's what I thought. Like that was actually one of the things after I got over sort of the emotional of her being um, assaulted by someone she's supposed to trust. And like, to be honest, one of them, if not the most vulnerable moments in our lives this so it it makes it exponentially more violating um I thought oh man this is like because people will ask me sometimes not as much now because I'm not pregnant and birthing anymore but oh, what's the point of a doula you know they'll ask me and and yeah. I always say like well it's it's to have an advocate it's to have someone there like you say who can repeat things to you low things can, down yes right. yes who they can help you process right to understand how somebody who's going through the experience may be experiencing it not to know for certain right. and not to make decisions but to say let's pause a moment let's translate this <laughs> let's translate it again you know are you on it's just it's like the pumping the brakes for me you know or yeah. the pause button so that the mother can catch up and due to my health issues, I wasn't able to birth in a birthing center in the state I was giving birth in. I was, but nobody would take me mm -hmm. because I was high risk. Mm -hmm. And I did have two very different experiences. So I birthed in the hospital with my mom and my husband. And then I birthed in the hospital with a doula and my husband. Again, the second time around, we all knew more. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, anyway, but then having the doula there, I mean, to, not to get into my whole story, but it could have been an incredibly traumatic experience. And the only thing that I think protected me emotionally was the doula. Well, I think having and, that person, go ahead. Well, and there was also a, a lactation consultant that I had a relationship with before who was in her home country, a midwife that also protected me. But, um, but otherwise I think it would have been a very traumatizing experience. So I, and I thought that this show did such a good job and Claire Danes is, we can all agree she's an incredible actress, but this <laughs> performance is just like, oh my, it's so uh, just incredible. And the way she's looking between the labor and delivery nurse and the doctor and looking outside to Toby, like she's, she's like screaming, looking, somebody help yes, me. Yes. Yeah. She's looking for someplace to land for someone to trust. And I think that that is also the point of the doula is that there is a person who is your person. You have talked to them before you have to, it's not about like sticking with your birth plan and all that. Like, yes, that's the conversation that you have with your doula as a starting point of a conversation, but 
to have that person that you look to who you who you know is there for you. Because the reality is, is that when you are birthing, your partner is going through all of their own things, which is complete experiences, you know, the story represented. Yes. 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 He, and he's in a hospital that he works in. Like, I mean, there are complicated factors involved. And I think, I think oftentimes disappointment in life is, is connected to expecting too much or expecting something. You One know, person and, can't do everything and no. have their own experience, right? right. Yeah, right. it's like impossible. Right. So I, I thought that like, I just felt like, oh, this is a great scene about what, what all this is. And also, like you said, like, that's why these conversations are important because it is hard to have conversations about this because as a person who's given birth, I don't want to like shit on someone who's pregnant and say, well, it's going to be hard, you know, like, because that's not really what I want to say anyway. Yeah, it's hard, but that's not what it is, you know, at its no, core. And the thing is, there is, uh, you said it earlier, but I think it's so important to reiterate because it goes, it travels through every line of my postpartum experience of my motherhood journey. There is this, you know, martyrdom that starts with birth that the priority is only the baby. And the thing is, is that the baby is coming into the world and having a huge transition. And the only person that's having almost as close to a new, a big transition is the mother. I mean, you've never been a mother before. You've never, like, there's just what happens to your body in (laughs) over 10 months, then unhappens to your body in just, you know, a few short weeks, plus then more is happening, right? It's like, yeah. And that's just talking about the physical stuff. We're not even talking about everything else. So I think um, this idea of the mother sacrificing herself and being so unseen and invisible, and it flows right through to the rest of womanhood, I think, in so many ways where we can feel invisible. It's really important. Yes. And I thought this isn't this specific scene, but then, you know, she deals with, I thought it was, I'm just going to quickly, like it deals very in depth. Well, as a TV show can with postpartum depression, which I don't really see that handled very often. And then she goes back to work and I get it because that's yeah, a place just like- where she feels validated and seen and, va- and, and valued and-, and in control. Yeah. Yeah. She, Cause she's the boss at work. Right. So like, can you imagine anything more empowering when you have completely lost all control over your life and yourself? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's so tricky to really talk and about then it. She gets but, a reputation for being a bad I mother. Know, right. It, it deals so well with all of that. Um, and he says later, you know, she was depressed once and then she just like turned it into, you know, how to be more successful. She's just, that's what she does. She monetizes her sadness or her, her depression or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just so dismissive of her entire struggle. And, and there is so much of that with, I right. think, I think in a way it's like he, he couldn't even acknowledge what she'd done. And I think there's a lot of that that goes on in this world, right? With all different kinds of experiences, instead of sitting with, you went through a lot, thank you, or I love you, or I see you, it's just dismissiveness because we don't want to take the time or energy. And, and I thought in a way that was like what the show was really about. It was about what is partnership? It's not this. (laughs) 
No. And, and being able, like, I think there was very much from at least his point of view. I don't know that she, I don't think that I would say that she felt like this, but um, you know, a scarcity of being able to be seen. So he very much wanted credit for mm-hmm. the um, how being a parent had impacted his career and how devoted he was, but was so unwilling to turn and see any of that in her. And um, so, you know, it's kind of like that old story where the father gets the kudos whenever he has the kids out at a it restaurant and by himself. You're amazing. How it's do like you nobody's do it? Up to the mom. Yeah. Nobody is like, oh my gosh, you have two kids at lunch <laughs> to a mother. Like how, how are you feeding them? How are you even surviving it? Yeah. So, I mean, I know these are trite stories, but like this one really, I think encapsulated so much of that. And I think that the while, while we agree that it went on long, those episodes, I do. That it almost needed to. It needed to go on for a while. I feel like maybe a little less, but I do think it was important <laughs> <laughs> that it was his perspective first and that we as audience members began to tire of his narrative. I think I was tired of it pretty quickly, yeah. but I'm sure it takes some other people longer. And I think it is important this we're with him. We're feeling for him. This is rough. What's going on? And then you're kind of like, wait a minute. You know, and I think there must be another side to the story. She can't be that one dimensional. Right. Right. Like there's no right. um, villain this, this clean in your life. So let's, let's hear the rest of it. Yeah. So um, any other last thoughts? I really enjoyed this. I could talk about this show and I could talk to Kim really about anything for hours, but we're trying to keep it brief. So any other parting thoughts other than dad's get a lot of kudos. That was your last thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think just all the points you've made about and I, but I think it carries on to so much in life to having somebody else in the room that can slow things down for you yeah. and advocate when you are not able to process. And if you can't plan ahead for those things to then try to do them in retrospect is just really important. So that that's so the only true. other last thought. And I agree. And um, do you, do you want to share where people can find you, Kim? Cause it's a great sort of hook into what you just said, because Kim Rowe is a, is a healer. Is it is healing? Well, I yeah, I'm helping people heal, and I'm healing myself. And we were <laughs> kind of joking because I haven't posted in a little while because I've been uh, in it healing. So my Instagram is at Kim Rowe R O W E healing, and that is what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a so, process. Join um, me if yes. you want to heal along. Together. Join me on the journey. Well, thank you very much, Kim. I appreciated thank you, this. Emma. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us.